You're listening to the Some Other Useless Podcast with Richard Wigand. Hello everybody, yes, my name is Richard Wigan, and welcome to the Some Other Useless Podcast. Today is a very special episode, once again we're continuing my series of my favorite Christmas TV shows and movies. And as these episodes keep coming along, so as the first one we, we, we covered my favorite classic TV shows. In my terms of, of my favorites, that you probably wouldn't find on your guys list and I and I purposely did that because I know that there are so many Christmas movies and so many Christmas TV shows for one thing it's hard to pick a favorite and then a lot of times I start picking other people's favorites but we watch such a huge selection that I do know for a fact that or I can guarantee for a fact that people a lot of people out there haven't seen what we watch every year That's what was in the previous show we covered, and today I want to talk about something that's very dear to me, is the Christmas TV animated specials by Rankin Bass, Jules Bass, and Arthur Rankin Jr. The two created this company that would put out these movies every year. And this, they, 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 even then, they have such a nostalgic look to them. Uh, as I was talking, talking with my mother about it, because she has her favorites, and I'm putting together the list of the movies we watched over the years of my favorites. When we kind of started watching these things, we watch them every year. We see them on videotape. We either watch them on videotape, and maybe one year, maybe on TV. And sometimes they tend to air some of these before Christmas, for whatever reason. So we'll, we'll get right into it, of, of the, the different kinds of, you know, the Rankin-Bass, a special kind of animation. It combines different kinds of techniques. It's not just your standard marionette, um, claymation. It's not really claymation. It's stop motion, but there's also some aspects to it that look different than stop motion. It's, it's just really creative animation called Animagic. And it's really hard to find exactly how this stuff was done, but I, you know, become instantly fascinated with it. The stories themselves over the years, you have these characters, you can pick and choose. These are some of the most original characters, you know, considering that most of the specials are based off songs. And they just take some lyrics of the song and they make a show out of it so and, and, we, and we've come so close to you know there are some that have gotten live action but you know we've lucked out that many of our favorite christmas tv specials haven't been turned into live action movies because these things have been around since the 60s 1964 is my favorite one we'll get to it um i, I just wanted to you know tell little little things here and there but I, I put together my, my top three rank. I'm ranking the basses, basically. I'm ranking the Rankin basses. 
And what, at number three is one that we we have watched a lot, but it, it didn't used to be one that we'd watch all the time. And then once I finally got it on DVD, it did become part of our traditions. The Year Without a Santa Claus, where Mickey Rooney is actually his second time playing Santa Claus. And Shirley Booth. Uh, the music, the the elves, the, the look of it, uh, the original story that, you know, let's, let's imagine what it would be like if Santa Claus, you know, wasn't there. You know, if, if Christmas didn't come, if Santa Claus wanted to take a holiday, which is kind of like an odd, like we, we talked about before where these Christmas shows have dark elements to it. And we talked about the different kinds of Christmas movies you have out there, your, your religious ones, your Santa Claus ones. Your fun ones that just celebrate the holiday. The ones that know that it's a shopping day. So they turn it into a huge giant marketing ploy. But for the year without Santa Claus to be, you know, in, in this tone of let's tell a story about Santa Claus. But let's also make it be like Santa Claus doesn't want to be Santa Claus this year. But then the whole turnaround is, is you know, well, let's just show that this is what it would be like. If Santa Claus, <laughs> if Santa Claus didn't want to do his job, so it, it's it's an odd take. It's a funny take. Um, once again, having Mickey Rooney be the voice, the elves are, are funny, different kinds of characters. So that's that's a year without Santa Claus, and you have your different kinds of uh, of the uh, snow miser and the heat miser, and so you have the most catchy thing from the show is the, uh, he's Mr. Why Christmas, he's Mr. Snow. And so you have these classic songs that are from the year without Santa Claus, which is different than the other Rankin Basses because uh, I guess Warner Brothers kind of acquired the rights to the Rankin Bass, and Sh the Rankin -Bass programs from uh, after 1974. So starting with there, they control the rest of the Warner Brothers stuff. And and there is a special set. I have two special sets that we watch every year that has all the classic Rankin-Bass stuff. Like Fossey's Snowman, Rudolph, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, The Little Drummer Boy. And then the other set is these other Christmas classics, but they're Warner Brothers. They're all owned by Warner Brothers and it includes A Year Without Santa Claus, Nestor, uh, Winter's, uh, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Boris Karloff is actually on that set because that's all Warner Brothers. So it's, it's all interesting. It's all pretty cool of, of growing up into watching The Year Without Santa Claus. And uh, they, they did make a live-action version that I still haven't seen yet. I, I've been trying to find it. They never bring it out. John Goodman is Santa. Uh, I think Michael McKean is... I think he's Snow Miser. I, I don't know. I haven't... I, I've not seen the show. I've been wanting to see it. But that's The Year Without Santa Claus. And my, my number two Rankin Bass show of all time is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Which is actually the first time that we hear Mickey Rooney as Santa. And he is a really great Santa. And But the Santa Claus is Coming to Town story, which is obviously based off the song, has so many classic moments going for it. It's got Fred Astaire as the delivery man. 
uh, I actually have. This is what kind of really got me into watching the Ranking Bass shows. I have a huge Rudolph action figure collection. They call them action figures. Uh, and Santa Claus is coming to town figures. And what really drew me into loving these toys so much is that they look like what they used. Obviously it wasn't. They did, you know, they, they constructed more high-tech characters at that time using this different I think they use plasticine they, they use something that a lot of these things if not any are still out there now the the material that they made them from I think nowadays they they have things to, to preserve the different kinds of characters they make over the years for animated projects but a lot of the original characters that they were actually designed for these movies are gone they've disintegrated they they have not lasted the test of time and um, when I was getting into collecting the Santa Claus is Coming to Town stuff, I had like the Winter Warlock, and I have him when he's, uh, you know, turns uh, into a regular warlock, where he finally, you know, decides to see the, the niceness, the kindness of people. I have the Burgermeister. This is my this is one of my favorite movies, so I, I include it as my number two, because I I love the story. I love I, I love the little character right from the beginning of it. When the little elves come on and says, it's a baby. And all the elves just, it's, it's, I, I could replicate what they do, but it's better to watch what they do. But it is funny when they go, it's a baby, Lingo. It's, they, they do a whole bunch of things. A baby what? Lingo, I like babies. Our baby is the best baby of them all. Um, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's a fun show to watch. And... Again, there's dark elements to it. There's a character always that has to come around and say, you know, these kids who look like they live in the Tim Burton times um, are they, they're not allowed to play with toys. So you know, and then so it, it's it's original concept based off of everything you've ever heard about Santa Claus. Why does he do this? Why does Santa Claus make a list? Why does Santa Claus deliver toys? He grew up making toys. That's what they they did. It's it's so funny when you know the fact about Santa Claus, and then you get this retelling of it, like the toy shop. These elves would make these toys, but they would have nobody to give them to. So then you have somebody who would come around, and he would deliver them. So that's that's you know it's a cute little story. And you get to see the stages of him growing up and becoming Santa Claus and deciding what day he should go out. And it's just, it's a it's a really, you know, at the time, original take, uh, storytelling-wise, of Santa Claus and Christmas. Why does he call, why is he called Santa Claus? Why, what, what is this stuff? What it, you know, kind of like help creating the myth, or creating the life of Santa Claus. And and throughout all the rank and basses, there are different versions of Santa Clauses that you see. That's what I always loved. Is as much creativity and imagination get put into these things. The designs of these characters. You know, these Santa Clauses don't look a whole lot too alike. And when we get to the my number one, I'll, I'll really talk about the different kinds of designs that really kind of fascinate me. But the elves, because the other shows that are out there, like Nestor, I think Nestor comes after 
the year without Santa Claus. Kind of made around the same time. And you could tell because they they used leftover props and characters from Year Without Santa Claus. The elves from Year Without Santa Claus are in Master. So I want to say Master comes afterwards. Yeah, I think they, there's like a three-year time frame between the shows. So they, they create these characters and then they have these leftover props and they get to use them for the next show. But before I get to my, you know, because there's so many different, oh, there's so many different things I love about Santa Claus is coming to him. Um, Keenan Wynn as Winter Warlock. Um, it, it just still holds up. In my opinion, it just, it still holds up. It, it never, never ceases to amaze me of the creativity. I, I keep thinking, this goes with everything that I watch. You watch the shows like Bewitched or, or I Love Lucy or Andy Griffith Show. The ideas that these actors and writers had back then and creating these characters and taking the time to um, put together a program for everybody to watch and you not really know how much of an impact it would have on culture. I mean, Rankin-Bass, just going through the list of what everything that Rankin-Bass has done over the years. You know, they start off doing animated versions of Return to Oz they have Rudolph, they have the little German boy, Frosty, Santa Claus is coming to town, here comes Peter Cottontail, Mad 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 Monsters, Twas the Night Before Christmas, all these things. Just imagine all the stuff that they would crank out every year. And at least one of these has to be part of somebody's tradition. We happen to, you know, we try to watch all the ones that I have. There are a few that I have on only videotape. It's just that watching these shows... And Frosty was in a lot of them. There's a lot, there's a lot of Frosty. There's Frosty. There's Frosty's Winter Wonderland. There's um, the Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. You know, Frosty is an important character. And for the majority of those, Jackie Vernon was the voice of Frosty. And it wasn't until later when they did Frosty Returns with John Goodman. That's Warner Brothers. And they and somehow it, it's, it's different how the studios change hands and everything. Rick and Bass would, you know, kind of have something. I don't think they have fully anything to do with it. I think it's Warner Brothers Media. They really put that out there. And it, would, and it airs on CBS every year. Frosty and Frosty Returns. It's fun. It's different. It, it's, you know, after watching, I guess they try to push new shows every once in a while. And I forget when they started showing Frosty Returns every year. Because that hadn't always been the case. So it's not every once in a while you have a show that could be part of everybody's tradition. You know? It's just now, the past couple of years, we start watching the Elf musical. The Elf animated musical where Jim Parsons plays Buddy the Elf. That's now... It's just now in the past two years, two, three years, part of our traditions of watching movies. So there are, you know, they, they try to make projects every year, but I, I don't know if there's, you know, too many recent projects, recent movies that come out that could be something that people watch all the time. So I just love the music. 
Mickey Rooney, he's a, he's you know he sings all the all the music right and Keenan Wynn and it's just it's a really it's a really fun one and I look forward to seeing it every year. Santa Claus is going to town. We usually watch it like really close to Christmas Day. We how we we, we watch we don't really rank things, but we do know what the more more Christmassy movies that there are out there. We watch them really really close to, to Christmas. So. Next week, I'll be talking about my favorite Christmas movies, the top Christmas films. And then I'm also going to talk about uh, the rest of the Christmas movies that we watch that might not be on your list of movies that you watch normally. But I want to break things down to why you should check them out. Each one has different kinds of dark elements to it, but like I said, they all do. So we'll, we'll talk about that then. But my number one favorite, favorite Rankin-Bass is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think I really got into it after I started collecting the toys because it was kind of like, it looked like I was owning parts of what they filmed. It, it looked like it. It looked a lot like what they used, even though I'm these plastic, plastic figures. I love the design of the Santa Claus. I, he has different forms. He starts out skinny, and then when he goes out scouting for a reindeer, and then he has his, you know, his formal look. You got Burl Ives as a snowman. All these, all these characters every year are just so much fun to watch. The, the mute again, these, these songs, and the guy who wrote a lot of these. His name is Romeo Muller. And here's a really cool thing. That it was something I didn't know I had. Because uh, I, I, I would really collect a lot of Christmas movies whenever I would see a Rankin-Bass thing. The sets help because I have all those things all together. But every once in a while there would be like ones we would watch separate that I didn't have. And... I have this one DVD, I think it's like the 12 Days of Christmas. I forget what it is. I forget, it's a, it's a whole different kind of animated special, and Phil Hartman is a voice. It's like the only reason why I wanted this. And after watching it, it you know, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing that, that Phil Hartman was part of it. But I'm watching this thing, and then at the end of it, if you wait long enough, there's this, and it's not announced on the DVD at all. It's a little short special that sums up the life of Romeo Muller. And he is this guy who wrote a lot of everything that, I think, pretty much all these shows on my list. I mean, he wrote Rudolph, he wrote Little Durham Boy, he wrote Frosty the Snowman, he wrote Santa Claus is Coming to Town. My favorite movies this guy wrote, and they, they, act, they, they said this about him, that he kind of resembled, in a way, Santa Claus. And he kind of acted like Santa Claus in real life. And he just had this kind of, this um, this way about him. And he had this formula that they explained in a lot of these movies. And a lot of this formula still is used today. Where you would have a Christmas movie. And then you would have a villain. And the villain, the whole point to take down the villain is to reform them. So you go through all these shows of the reforming of the characters, and you have 
Santa Claus is coming to town. You have the Winter Warlock. He reforms. You have Rudolph, in a way, reforms your opinion of how to treat somebody. Uh, I remember a few years ago, we saw this on the news, that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was getting attacked for bullying. Now, let's break this down of what how people interpret things. They think that Rudolph, promote, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer promoted bullying, which is the most ridiculous thing. And I like that at that time, the newscasters talking about it thought that was the stupidest story they've ever done. And, you know, they, that that's... Rudolph does not promote bullying. If anything, it shows what how ridiculous the bullies look. And when Rudolph gets, you know, redeemed at the end for having a shiny nose that can lead his way so everybody can have a good Christmas, everybody's like, yeah, I, I knew it all along. So you, you have these, you know, it's not, it's not bullying. The, the, the reindeer that are bullying him is based off the song, you know, They'd always laugh and call him names. That's part of the song. So they, they had to illustrate. You know, that was the point of these Rankin-Bass shows. Is he had the song. He had the popular song. Sung by popular artists at the time. And the Rankin-Bass brought these characters to life. Brought what you hear in the lyrics to life. You know, Parson Brown is in... The winter, uh, what is it? Uh, in the middle, we can build a snowman. You know, something about Parson Brown. So that is in Frosty's Winter Wonderland. There's actually a character, Parson Brown. Again, like I get into the figures, I have Frosty the Snowman. I remember getting him from Toys R Us, which is now back in the news. Toys R Us is going to go back into some Macy's stores. Wherever they still have those things at, most in the New York area, your wealthy, wealthy areas, they get Toys R Us back. So, the rich people will have Toys R Us. They'll get new products, maybe sell it on eBay, and then I'll see it. But Toys R Us is is, is really you know is also a huge part of my life in collecting these figures. I remember going into a Toys R Us and seeing all the sets. I've gotten a lot of the sets from there. I have the. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of any of this stuff because I, or, or embarrassed by it because I, I love this stuff so much. And it's, it means more to me each and every year. I had the Family Cave set. You know, it's just a cute little set to have. It's, but what I also like is it looks like it's from the movie. It looks like they used it. And it features the voices from the movie. So which is stuff that, you know, can't be redone. Because a lot of times when a new movie comes out, they have a new actor revoice it. So it's like, it's pretty cool that you're able to use the actual lines from the actual show. Sometimes there's Rudolphs that don't sound alike, but it is nice having like the original Santa Claus from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as a talking toy, or Yukon Cornelius. These are really cool things to have. And... And like I said, the Yukon Cornelius pretty much looks like that in the show. Out of the little squirrels, all the little accessories. The company that made these things were so detailed. The company that made them was this company called Plain Mantis. And they're out of South Bend, Indiana. And I just thought it was like a full circle that, hey, I'm from Indiana. And this company makes these things 
and puts that out there. And, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has always meant something to me. Um, I just have so much things of it. I have Rudolph Monopoly, I have stuffed animals, I have all these, all these things. And, you know, and everybody, everybody who knows that I love Rudolph stuff, I always get more and more Rudolph stuff every year. That's, that's just, that's, those are the ones that actually, it, it's kind of strange. I got into collecting a lot of this stuff because the Santa Claus is coming to town. We happened to go to the right place at the right time. All this stuff was marked down. I went in there, got a whole bunch of stuff. I wish I got more. But the stuff was on sale, and I got a lot of it. And then I started just doing research into the rest of these figures, and they they ended up being like the coolest things I've ever seen at that time. And I have like a whole bunch of elf sets. I love the elves. I have lots of elves. I have probably over 12, 13, 14 elves total. And those, and some are duplicates, different kinds of versions of them. Um, there's like a girl elf. There's an aviator elf. There's a uh, I like the I like the aviator elf. A lot of these, a lot of these figures are like little cameo characters. Like they have the uh, aviator elf. Here's your here's your latest weather report, sir. He only has like one little line that he goes off, and then when you get the figure, he's the aviator elf, and then he comes with the violin. You can switch it out. He can become the violinist elf. I always like that because the company. We'll go back and forth with putting them out as the violinist elf, and then you could switch them and make them an aviator elf. I always thought that was pretty interesting. There's different kinds of elves that have inter instruments. There's the tall elf with the glasses, which I always thought at the end of the movie when they they're they're, they're putting up all the characters in boxes. They're they're putting up all the toys in boxes, but somehow the tall elf guy he gets wrapped up in a box. And it just really sounds like he breaks something when he goes in that box. He's a tall, tall elf. He goes, he goes right in that box. So I always love those characters. Um, Yukon Cornelius uh, is one of my favorite Santa Clauses. Uh, because I just like it. It's such a, such a nostalgic look that, you know, I think people use that word a lot, you know, because people always want to reflect about yesterday. It, it just takes them, if you're not having a good day presently, you think back to your good times, so you, you, you think of these things. You know, for me, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is just, we, we watch it on Christmas Eve, you know? It's one of the last things we watch, and then we watch our big movie, which I'll reveal as the number one movie on my favorite Christmas movies next week. But, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer means a lot to me because of all the characters and... Because I collect all the stuff. Um, I, I, I got so many of the Hermie. You, you learn about the history of is it Hermie, is it Herbie? And because one of the audio things in the movie is Hermie doesn't like to make toys. Herbie doesn't like to make Herbie doesn't like to make to one One line it actually sounds like somebody says Herbie. Like the actor who said it said it wrong. Like, hey, we're calling this character Hermie. And the person just said Herbie. Says, Did you say Hermie? I said Herbie. And they, they just keep it in. And then the boss elf, you know, he's like bipolar. You know, he, he kind of acts this way in front of Santa Claus. And then he kind of he yells at the elves. There's, there's a whole bunch of things going on at this. The, the misfit toys. You know, all in 50 minutes. They cover a lot. 
there's a lot of a lot of work put got put into this of the characters, the voice work, all these artists that help do all these these shots. And yeah, maybe you can see strings here and there, but then one year CBS releases the you know the remastered version. So now you can go back through and you could take out the strings if you want to. You know, you could you could fix things to make it look more, you know, realistic. I like seeing things like that. I like seeing, you know, strings on characters. Um it just looks it helps make it look more natural, but when you do take away the string, it does also kind of have a look cool look to it, like this thing is coming to life on its own. But so so uh, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is my favorite movie, and I have you know an honorable mention, which would be Frosty the Snowman, uh, and that's my my mom's favorite movie. She says she actually likes Frosty the Snowman better than Rudolph, uh, because it just reminds her to a time in her life that she she felt that Frosty the Snowman is more modern uh, for her, for how she grew up, and when Frosty came along, it was, you know, bright colors. These characters, she she could relate to the kids in school and stuff. It just takes her back to her childhood. But she prefers Frosty the Snowman. I love Frosty the Snowman. Um, like I said, I have the Frosty figures. I have Frosty, <laughs> Frosty's children. <laughs> this this company really got detailed into making Frosty's wife and Frosty's children. He gets a wife in Frosty's Winter Wonderland. And I think that's what those figures are based off of. But then later, there's these other characters. Chili. Chili. Millie and Willie or something like that. I think it's the kids and the dog or something. I just thought that's a cute set of, of, of Frosty the Snowman because I get into this stuff. Every year I would luck out of how I f would find this stuff. And one year a Frosty the Snowman got left behind. One Frosty figure got left behind. And over a span of two, three years I lucked out that they would kind of bring these sets out two years in a row. Sometimes they change them up a bit. I have these one elf sets that they're all red suits. And they don't wear that in the movie. I know it sounds like nerd stuff. But it, it they, they kind of made it for kind of like collectors and stuff. So there are different kinds of forms of the characters. I have a Mrs. Claus. But she's wearing red. One year they just decided to repaint the characters. Reissue what they've done. But make them different, char uh, different colors. Uh, I have I have Fireball. Uh, I think his name is Fireball. He's a little reindeer with the blonde hair who makes fun of Rudolph. He comes with Comet. So I like having... I have the reindeer. I have the elves. I have some people. I have the toys. I love having the toys. I have a, um, uh, a jelly gun. But they, did, they made... Uh, CVS brought out the beanies of these characters and they brought out the uh, jelly bean gun but they made him a red gun because they didn't want to make it look like he was a real looking gun with the uh, uh, face on it I guess you know you couldn't have that for kids so they made it red so he looks he's cute he looks different though uh, another little fun fact about the show when they bring these characters out Yukon Cornelius actually has a gun on him in the movie. When they bring them out as figures, they don't have guns. So that's a little interesting little piece that I, I, I find here and there when I'm collecting this stuff. But over a span of two years, two, three years, I was able to get all of the Frosty set, 
which is Frosty, his wife, the kids, Jack Frost, and Parson Brown. So I just, you know, I, I, I get into this stuff. All of a sudden I have like boxes and tubs of this stuff. But this stuff just makes me happy. When, when I remember when I got the stuff, I remember picking it out. I remember getting some of these things for Christmas. CVS brought out a whole set of figures. I was able to get the complete set of that. So I have different versions of Santa Claus. I love this stuff. It just it automatically put me in the Christmas mood so much that I started doing Christmas specials in 2007. And I started kind of learning different kinds of animation process by process. And by the time we get down to it, I'm going back into doing live action. We kind of mix things here and there, but I always want to kind of stay true to animation. But my first my first uh, Christmas special, a raw Christmas, was done in like a week. And it's kind of like I wanted to do a Christmas special every year. And from 2007, I did the one in 2008. That one didn't get to be uploaded right, so I had to postpone it. We did one in 2009, 10, 11, 12. Uh, we did get to do one in 13. Starting then, I started making them longer. And we came back with something called the Wigan versus the Snow Beast, which you could Google or find on YouTube. We did that in January 2014, I think. And then uh, we did the Wandering Alien later in that year. Again, these, these things started getting longer. I started staying true to the 25-minute uh, standard time when I first started out doing these things, I wanted to start making just shorter shows, uh, quick things for people to see. And then 2015, I think, is the French one with Joie Noël. Uh, and then didn't do one in 2016, and then kind of did odd, odd skits after that. Have uh, There was another one. There was a tenth one we did. Um, we... I had done 10 specials overall, 10 plus these odd sketches that I'm somehow going to put out there on Instagram or something this year. It's time for the distribution of those projects to, to reach the masses out there more. But that, but Rankin Bass and these animated specials that have stayed with me for so long is what got me into animation and it got me into doing more and more, you know, voice work for my own characters, where I, whether I drew them or I tried making 3D characters, I tried making 3D characters, but then we ended up going back into live action stuff. But I, I wanted to have this, uh, and what I like about it in the first one that we did in 2007, because I had to compress it so much, and it kind of degraded the quality, I didn't get to put it out there in really sharp color. So right from the get-go, it automatically looks older than it is. And I like, I like that. That's pretty cool that it kind of has that look to it. So we, I kind of like that with that. But it, this all started with those things of, you know, um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is coming to town, A Year Without Santa Claus, and then Frosty the Snowman, which, you know, I, I love. I love the magician in that. My sister, she got me, I wanted to see it for years. They made another Frosty movie. They did a, uh, it was uh, The Legend of Frosty. And the guy that does the voice of Frosty is the one, oh, I, I'm blanking out on his name now. Oh, it's uh, 
It's Bill Fagerbeck. That's what his name is. Uh, and he's Patrick from Spongebob. And he plays Frosty. And I never knew that they have it in the show that, spoiler alert, they tie it to the magician from the original, from 1969. And I like that. I thought that was the coolest thing, that it has something to do with Billy DeWolf's magician. I love that character. I love a lot of the characters in Frosty the Snowman. Again, these characters stay with you. These characters stay with you. They make you smile. There's the bumble. Everybody loves the bumble. If you get into this stuff, everybody has the bumble on a shirt. Rudolph on a shirt. Rudolph's face makes me smile so much. We had a cat. Uh, 2015. His name was Gizmo. And he always kind of had this face. He kind of looked like Rudolph. He kind of looked like Rudolph to me. So I have all this stuff in my room that looks like it's Rudolph, but it also kind of looks like Gizmo. So when I said that a lot of these movies mean something to me more than they have over the years, they've done it in many different ways. Um, inspired me as a, as a filmmaker, you know, writing, creating characters, voicing characters. This is our second Christmas without Gizmo. And um, I didn't mean to get down in this show. But I just love Gizmo so much. Um, so the, these shows stay with you. They do. And I, I love this stuff. These Christmas movies have, you know, been a lot to me in my life. And they're just, it, it's odd to say that because of, of doing this series of my favorite Christmas movies, Christmas TV shows and specials, we watch a lot, you know? We watch a lot to celebrate the month of Christmas. And I just wanted to put some light on to these shows. I wanted everybody to know what we watch. So those, those are my favorite, you know, of Ranking the Ranking Passes. I've left out some, but I cover my top ones. I wish I could probably rearrange Year Without Santa Claus and Frosty. You know, those are kind of interchangeable. But Rudolph and Santa Claus and Countdown, those are my top two. Most definitely. My top two favorite movies. And it seems to be every year they're becoming more and more dear to me. So I think that's going to be it on that. Next week we're going to talk about the classic rewatchables. Before we get into the top Christmas movies. Because the top Christmas movies are going to are going to be the ones that you watch every year, that everybody watches. The, the classic rewatchables is going to be like a more condensed list of maybe you've seen these Christmas movies, maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't, but they are part of our traditions every year. And I just want to talk about each one, put some light on some, talk about sometimes how some are awkward to watch, but we still watch them, just to kind of, you know, there's, there's different reasons we'll, we'll, we'll get to it though. But yeah, I, I thank you for all of you listening thus far. If you don't hear any more from this podcast, Merry Christmas. But if you do, stay tuned for more shows because we've got those two coming out next week. And then my final one is going to be the 
Santa Clauses leading up to the top Santa Clauses leading up to Christmas. So, bye everybody. Merry Christmas. You just listened to the Some Other Useless Podcast with Richard Wigand.